0: Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. And what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do it. But I hate what I do. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil that I want to do. This, keep, this I keep doing. So I find this law, I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in the law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war, war against the law of my mind, and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who can rescue me? Who can deliver me from this body that is subject that is subject to sin? Who can deliver us? We are here this very day because we know who can deliver us. Amen. We know who can set us free. But I know that some of you, may, maybe, it wasn't, uh, maybe it wasn't alcohol. Maybe it's not one of those things. But I know that all of us have struggled with habits and things we want to break. Things we know that are wrong. But somehow we have trouble breaking it. And we go through that same uh, thought process As we saw just a minute ago, and we we, we want to do good, but we don't do good. We, We want to do the things that God wants us to do, but somehow we find ourselves like a prisoner. And today I just want to share a few things about this. I want to share a few things about this verse, Romans chapter 7, because I find this verse very encouraging. I don't know about you, but I find it very encouraging. And I, I just want to, first I want to just share with four things that this verse talks about that talks about what we struggle with. And the, the first one, it says, we, 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 we struggle because we, we know. We know that the law is spiritual. We know. Now, I just want to tell you something. That if you know that, if you know that the law is, is, is good and that you're struggling with that, guess what that tells you? It tells you that you're alive. Yeah, you know, pain. I know my friend Chris just went through it, he just had an operation. And uh, he had an appendectomy and, uh, and we went over to him uh, the next day and I had so much fun. I'll be honest. I had so much fun with him because obviously he was in pain. He was coming off the meds and, and he felt pain. And my job was just to make him laugh for the next half hour <laughs> because every time he laughed, he felt pain. You see... We think pain is bad, but pain is actually good because if we don't have any pain, guess what? We're dead. And so we struggle because we know. We know. And the more we grow and the more we learn, the more we know about who God is, the more it seems like we struggle. Why? Because we are alive. I... If you have Jesus, you're alive. So don't get caught up in the fact that maybe you seem like you're you're failing or you're struggling. I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. Just know that if you know and you struggle with it, that is a testimony that God is speaking to you, that the Holy Spirit is whispering thoughts in your mind. Second thing it says here is that we struggle because uh, uh, oh, because of who we are. Yes. I'm really thankful that my wife thinks that I'm perfect. It's wonderful. And I'm a legend in my own mind. But honestly, I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. How many, anybody here perfect? Anybody want to raise their hand and admit that they're perfect? Because as soon as you do, you will be imperfect. Imperfect. We are not perfect. We are far from perfect and we struggle because of who we are and we want to do good. But the Bible says that when we think about the law, when we think about perfection, because we know that's the finish line. We know that's what God is actually wanting us to do. We just sang, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Right We know he's holy, and we know that we're not in our actions, we know that we're not in our in our lives, we're not holy like like he is, and the law keeps coming at us, saying, "Do not do this, do not do that, don't do this, stop doing that, be perfect, go you know what that's why the law is good. The reason why the law is good is it just I have to use somebody I know, Josh. It's okay. I'll use you. I know I can use you because I, I. don't know. Last one of these. One time I kissed somebody in the church, and it was the first time visitor. So I'm. I'm. I'm a, <laughs> you know. And so this, this is this is the law. This is what the law is doing. The law is doing this the whole time, right? And you know what it's doing? It's kicking you towards Jesus. It's kicking you towards Jesus. The Bible says in Genesis and in, in Galatians chapter three that the law is perfect and it is a tutor it is a school teacher teaching you that you can't do it showing you that you can't make it on your own that you need someone that you need something to get you to that place because you can't do it On your own. And you can try and try and try. And I know God wants us to live holy. He wants us to to live up to the standards that he's called us to do. But let me tell you, I know that in myself, I will fail every single time. Because I know who I am. So if you're struggling because you know, if you're struggling because of who you are, this is all good news. This is all good news to you. I, I, I find it very uh, uh, amazing how, how we twist this truth. When we first think about, you know, I know who I am. I know, I know what I've done. I, I know what he is. And we get so down on ourselves. We don't need to get down. That's, that's the devil trying to get into you and saying, you're no good. You're worthless. That's why... The third thing, it says that we, we struggle because of, of what we do. We struggle because of what we do because we, we do things that we don't want to do. And then just like, just like we saw in, in, in that skit, we, we saw, you know, am I him? Am I him? Am I, am I actually the, 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 the person that I don't want to be? Even though Jesus came in me, am I that person that I don't want to be? I know that we all feel that way. And when we experience the evil that we, you know, we do it and we experience it, we say, oh man, I am like a worthless, no good, nothing. And some of you here are buying onto that lie. You're buying onto that lie. You remember the prodigal son? You remember the son who took everything from his dad, his inheritance, and he went off and he squandered it all, and he, he, he threw it all away and he wasted it all. And then he's sitting with the pigs and he's eating with the pigs, and he says, "What does he? he?" He thinks like this: "I am, don't even deserve to be a son. I am not a son. I'm not even my father's son." And when he goes back and he begins to walk back to, to uh, see his dad, what's in his father's mind? His father said, What? The son that I've always had was lost, but now he's found. He never thought of him not as a son. So some of you are struggling because you're struggling because you're struggling. That's really what's happening. You're struggling because you're struggling. And you're fighting and you're feeling pain and you're feeling doubt and you're feeling like I didn't do what I said I was going to do. And then you're buying onto that line that says because you do those things, the Father will reject you. Because you stood one day, maybe. Maybe you stood one day a while ago and said, you know what? I I announced that Jesus is my Lord. He's my Savior. I will follow him all the days of my life. And, you know, one day you didn't follow. One day he failed. And that perfection seems to, that you want is over you, but you can't seem to achieve it. That's the struggle. That's the struggle that, that Paul is talking about. He's, he's saying all these things, but we also struggle not only because of what we do, not only because of who we are, not, of, not only because of what we know, but we also struggle because of what is possible. I delight in your law, Lord God, and I know it is possible to live in you. We, It is possible to live in God. It is possible to walk in victory. It is possible. And because you know it's possible, you struggle when you don't. See, all of this, as I read this, all of this to me declares that I am alive. It all declares to me that I have a father in heaven who loves me, who cares for me, who doesn't leave me or forsake me, who knows that I, my heart is towards him even when I fail. This morning, if you're struggling like that, I just want you to know that if you're struggling like that, just know that he is right by your side. He is right with you. And if you've never asked Jesus in your heart and you feel these struggles, that's because he's going like this. Can I come in? I'd like to come in. And some of you are saying, how could he ever come in? How could he come into me? I'm a wretched, I'm a wretched rag. I'm no good. How could he come into me? How can I open up and let him in when I am just a dirty, filthy guy? And yet he keeps going like this. Because you forget that in his hand, I'm sorry, I can't stay up there. In his hand is a nice rag that cleans everything. His blood, It's filled with his blood and he's going to cover everything in your life in his blood. And it says that by his blood, we have forgiveness of sin. Can I get an Amen. He has forgiven you of every single sin. Some of you are still going to him after a week later or two weeks later, after saying you're sorry, and you ask God to forgive you. You know, you go to him and you say you're sorry for the for the 40th time, and he keeps saying to you, What are you talking about? I have forgotten that a long time ago. I took that sin and I threw it into the sea of forgetfulness. You are my son. You are my daughter, and I will never leave you. I put my seal on you, guaranteeing your inheritance when you die. Can I get an amen? I don't know about you, but that's all good news to me. So just know that when you're struggling, hallelujah, you're having victory. When you're struggling, the Holy Spirit is all around you, talking to you, telling you things. But see, of course, that's not the end of the story. I love this part, because this is not the end of the story. Why don't you go to that verse, the next verse there? No, next one. Thank you. Oh, what a miserable person I am. I'm going I'm to just have you do this. Just turn to the person next to you and say, sometimes I am a miserable person. Okay. Okay. Now help the person out. Now help the person out next to you turn to them say, You're not that miserable. It's okay. <laughs> turn to the person next to you and say, You are loved by your father. Oh, come on, you gotta do that one. You you are loved by your father. He loves you, he cares for you. Encourage that person next to you. Say he he is forgiven you, he is with you. Oh, come on, nobody's helping me out here. Who will free me from the life that is dominated by sin and death? And let's all say it. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's say it again. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. One more time. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. And then he says it in verse one of chapter eight. And so there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit, oh, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death has freed you, has freed you. You know, if you've been here at any time in, in ICC, you know that we believe in freedom. He has set you free, completely set you free. He doesn't set you free with conditions. He doesn't set you free with, uh, with conditions that says, well, if you do this, this, and this. Then, no. He looks down at you, and he sees your complete life. Oh, he sees what you're going to, it amazes me. He sees what you're going to do in the future. It amazes me every time, every time I think about when I was 21 years old and I said, Father, I have found you. I love you. Thank you for coming to me. Thank you for coming into my heart. Thank you for forgiving my sin. I am yours and you are mine. Lord, I want to follow you all the days of my life. And he said, yes, knowing all the, excuse the expression, crap that I would do. In the next 30 years. You know, I never thought about it when 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 my two daughters were born, both of them when they were, you know, when they were both born, you know, I fell in love with them immediately. You know, Rachel came out and I gave her the nickname Pumpkin Magoo Face because she was all scrinkly and everything, and I just thought she and I called her Pumpkin Head for the rest of her life, you know. I didn't know that pumpkin head was going to cause me all kinds of grief and havoc and give me these hairs right here. But you know what? Not once did I ever think of her as not my daughter. Not once have I ever thought of my, my daughter Renee as not my daughter. Once, hallelujah, they came into my family. Glory to God. Hallelujah, they are mine. Amen? And that's, even though you're struggling, if you have asked Jesus to come into your life, and you asked him to be your father, and you believe in him, trust me, he has not left you. He has not left you. Just open up the door and let him in. Amen? If you haven't ever let him in, open up the door and let him in. Uh, let's see. And he says, God, he, God sent his own son in the body in, in, in a body like the bodies of we sinners have, excuse me. And in that body, God declared, he declared, hallelujah. He declared an end to sins control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. He declared it. He said, it's done. And when God says something's done, it's done. Amen. When God said, let there be light, there was light. When God said, let the earth be be what it is, it was. When God said, you are my son, you are my daughter, it is. Can I get an amen? I want to encourage you this morning because we are on Resurrection Sunday. Glory to God, which means life and life eternal. I will stop yelling. Probably not. Probably not. I'll probably yell some more. See, When Jesus died on the cross, he delivered us completely. I mean, he didn't deliver us halfway. He didn't deliver us part of the way. He delivered every aspect, every aspect that we needed to have life now and forevermore. He delivered us completely to that. In this, the first thing is he delivers us by destroying what is causing our struggle. Guess what's causing our struggle? It's not really the law so much as it, that evil one that sits there and whispers in your ear, you're no good. You failed. You're worthless. And I'm not talking about your spouse. Anyways, <laughs> spouse, if you're doing that, please stop that. Because you're just joining with the evil one. He is destroying what caused our our struggle in the first place. And that is the devil. It says from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1, it says, the seed of the woman, which is Jesus, will crush the head of the serpent. Glory to God. And when Jesus died and rose again, he crushed that devil. Hallelujah. He has no power. He has no authority over you. Can I get an amen? Say, he has no authority over me. So stop listening to him. I can tell you right now, honestly, I should say this. This is kind of like an insult towards me. You know, I must admit sometimes that, you know, when the security guards at the, at the gate, you know, the security guards at the gate, you know, they, they tell me to stop because they're going to check my, my bags and stuff. You know, I just drive right by. I'm saying you have no authority over me. Could you do that with the evil one when he starts telling you and and giving you lies? Can you just say, I'm not even going to listen to that. I'm not even going to bow to that. I'm not even going to think about that because you have no authority over me. Amen. Jesus crushed it. Crushed him completely. He put to death, death. We never have to worry that again. And then he not only delivers us from that. He delivers us by paying the penalty of our struggle. Ooh. I know how many times I failed. I know how many times I failed. I've said this before, you know, my father, I, I was pretty Nakal, I was pretty naughty when I was a young kid, you know, and, and, and I learned very quickly. After the first time I did it wrong, my father said, Donald, get in here, you know, with that voice. And you knew that voice was trouble, right? The problem is, is every time I heard that voice, I thought of the 15 things that I had done wrong. One time I volunteered what I did wrong, but there was not the right thing. He knew something else, which caused me more trouble. So I learned not to confess. I learned to wait and see, you know. <laughs> but... There was an old, old uh, show, TV show in America. It used to it, the, the title of the show was Wait Till Your Father Gets Home. And that was like that was me. That was my life, man, because I was always doing something crazy. I mean, we blew off a bomb in our cellar one time. I mean, I mean, we've done all kinds of crazy stuff. And and, and, and every time my father said, Donald, get in here, I, I was like, just judgment time. Judgment time. And you know what? That's how some of you feel. That's how some of you feel about your heavenly father. You think about the things that you did wrong. You think about the things that, you know, you're struggling with. And and you keep feeling judgment from God. Now, I'm telling you, that judgment is real. That judgment is absolutely real. But here's the thing. If you have Jesus, you know, when the judge is, is in court and the, the, the judge is in session, you know, he's going to hit that gavel. He's going to bang that gavel, right? And he's going to say one of two things. He's going to say guilty for the crimes that you committed. And then you're going to be punished. But that's not the only judgment. Because when you have Jesus Christ, he's going to hit the gavel and he's going to say not guilty. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited because he's going to hit the gavel and he's going to say, Donald, you get to go free because that penalty has already been paid for because Jesus Christ paid the price for you. Please know that Jesus Christ has died for you. And that you have a judgment over you. You, every one of us in this room has a judgment over us. Either guilty or not guilty. Either paid or not paid. If you have parking tickets and you haven't paid the fine, you still owe. But if someone pays that fine, you don't owe anymore. That's what Jesus did for you. He paid the penalty so he, he, has de- he has destroyed the evil one. And now he has also paid the penalty of our sins. And so we are not guilty in Jesus Christ. Amen? He, he delivers us not only from that, he delivers us from that condemnation we feel when we struggle. I don't know about you, but this is a beautiful thing. And if you can get this in your brain, if you can experience this in your heart, trust me, it'll blow your mind. It'll set you so free. Because, see, when we, we're all going to stumble and fall once in a while. But when we stumble and fall, I really believe that God is up there going, I forgive you. Get up. Keep moving. You're my son. I love you. Not, not you're no good. You're imperfect. You're wrong. You'll never be able to do it. He doesn't say that. I often ask people, how does God think about you? How does he feel about you? if you have never experienced and let God speak to you about how he thinks about you, how he feels about you, I want to encourage you to go home and just sit still for a while and say, God, speak to me about how you feel about me. It changed my entire being when I realized, that he said, I'm his son. You're my son. I love you. I'm going to take you, I'm going to pick you up, and I'm going to show all of heaven and earth. I'm going to say, look at my son. I am well pleased in him. I love him. He's a great creation. He's a masterpiece. I made him. That's what Jesus is saying about you. Even after you fall, he is delivering you from that, that, those thoughts of condemnation. And finally, he delivers us by injecting power into us. I love that. He doesn't just clean us up and leave us empty. He doesn't just clean us up and say, okay, the house is clean now. Have a nice day. He's like, no, 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 no. I have a little more something for you. He's called the Holy Spirit filled with power fill with power wonder working power power that when he injects it in you when he injects the holy spirit into you and the bible actually uses this word the theological word is imputes imputes it means to like inject and, and i'm sorry i just had this thought forgive me I, every now and then you know your pastor goes off somewhere in 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 uh, in the states you know we always have thanksgiving you know and my wife is a really great cook. And she used to take those needles and the turkey. She would, just, she would just inject the spices in it. And oh man, when it cooked, it tasted so good because she injected these flavors into it. And woo, was that good. It's exactly what Jesus did. He imputed, he injected the Holy Spirit into your soul. And he said, you know what? It's wonder-working power. It will help you run through a troop and leap over a wall. It will help you deliver and overcome the things. It will help you. It'll help deliver you from lust. It'll help deliver you from greed. It'll help deliver you from addiction. It will help deliver you. He will help you do all these things. If you just get in tune with him, trust me, he will deliver you. And you don't have to live in the, in the muck and the mire. You can live in that victorious state that He's given you. And I often said this that when the, the most beautiful thing is when Jesus comes inside us, when the Holy Spirit comes inside us, it says that the old has passed away. Behold, the, oh, the old is gone, the new has come. He makes you a new creation. Oh, hallelujah, you are a complete new creation. You are actually perfect. You're actually perfect. So inside you, this temple, inside me is the Holy Spirit. And that, he is perfect. Inside of me is perfection. And so I'll often say, you know, when I don't really walk the way I'm supposed to walk and I don't, I don't walk in God's ways, I'll, uh, sometimes I'll say, well, God's perfection didn't come out of me then. Because it can. He can come out of you. You can love your wife fully. You can love your husband fully. You can forgive those who have offended you fully. You can, through the power of the Holy Spirit, overcome the addiction that you have. You can do the things that God has said you can do. Because he said, greater things will you do than what he even does. God delivers us and gives us power to continue to overcome. Now, one more thought there. This is a freebie for you. I hadn't put it in my notes, but I want to say it. He's also put the Holy Spirit, you know, like in Pastor Jessica or, or in Wes. or in, You know, he's put, he's put the Holy Spirit in the person next to you to help you overcome. So sometimes we're struggling and we keep buying onto lies and we keep failing and we keep doing the same thing. Sometimes we have to turn to our friend and say, you, you who has the Holy Spirit, I need some help. And they can help you. And that's what community is all about. God is not, a, I don't even have this in my notes, but I'll say it this way. God has delivered us and given us a community by which we can find forgiveness and help in times of need. Can I get an amen? Turn to the person next to you say, thank you so much for helping me. Okay, and if they haven't helped you, then turn to the person next to you and say, say, if you need help, you just call out my name. Sing it with me. And you know wherever I am, I'll come running. Oh, yes, I will. To see you again. Ah, let's keep going. Winter, spring, summer, or fall. All you got to do is call. And I'll be there, yes I will. You got a friend, amen. That's good, that's good stuff. Just having some fun. With that, I'm gonna have the worship team come out. I can already see the guy back there. Get the worship team out here, he's trying to sing. He's trying to sing. (laughs) He's trying to sing. Look out, he's trying to sing. Now, we're going to have communion in a minute here. And I'm going to ask Pastor Jessica if she would go over and just help on that side. The beautiful thing is that, man, he, he just, you know, if you want to know who cries more than anyone, I believe it's Jesus. He cries for us. He wants to be with us so badly. He wants to walk with us completely. He wants us to have the life that he had desired when you were born. He wants you to have life and that more abundantly. And so as we take communion in a minute, uh, I just want to just share uh, just like three things that God calls us to do to help you, to help you find the victory. Okay, so when, 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 when we take communion this morning, I'll explain it a little bit. You don't need to be a, a member of this church or any church really to have communion. Uh, there's only one thing that's necessary and that is that you say, I love you, Jesus I love you, Lord. I want to follow you. You're my Lord and Savior. That's really, then, then we're all part of the same family. That's really what it's all about. That's simple. If you are struggling, if you are struggling with something, then, then I want to say that God is calling you. He's calling you. The first thing he's calling you to do is to acknowledge your need. That When we take communion, that's what we're saying. We're saying, God, we can't do it ourselves. We need you. Acknowledge your need. Can I be honest? We all are in need. Every one of us are in need. And if you don't think you're in need, man, you don't, Then then you need to go all the way back to the first point I made and say, and realize that you don't know. <laughs> you know, sometimes we don't know what we don't know. You know? But... I'm certain that everyone here knows they can't get to heaven on the moon. There's no way. There's only one that's overcome death, and his name is Jesus. We sang all about him. And he said, where I go, I prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also. So... Acknowledge your need. The second thing is not only acknowledge your need, but also you you need to ask for forgiveness. You need to ask for help. You know, it it grieves my heart sometimes. We do things here. You know, we have events and stuff, and, and some people, they can't afford it. You know, and, 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 and we've always said, if you don't have the money, just ask and we you can come. We don't want anybody not to be able to be a part of what we're doing because of money. That's like the worst thing in the world. Jesus said, if you ask, if you ask for forgiveness, I will certainly forgive you. If you ask and you say, Jesus, come into my heart. And be my Lord and Savior. He will come. Trust me, it doesn't matter what you did. Because he will come in and he will clean it all. My grandfather once said that to me. I was telling him about Jesus. And he said, he said I don't deserve him. I said, Graham, neither do I. I'm happy to say that the night before he died, he, he said, Jesus, I need you. And I believe I'm going to see him again. And then finally, you know, you need to receive. That's actually all, these three things, you know, acknowledging that you have a need, asking for forgiveness, you know, and, and receiving this from God. This all goes against your pride. It all goes against my pride. I like to be able to do it myself. The Bible says, if you humble yourself, God will lift you up.